Hello, welcome to this episode of the I Am Me Collective podcast. My name is Gabby Gilbride. I'm so happy to have you here with me today, along with my wonderful guest, Christian CB. Hello, everybody. So fun intro. (laughs) Yeah, I have. There's the there's some music too that happens. Oh, I know. Um, Oh, I know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, music it's like one chime <laughs> i'm like a, 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 a lovely uh, i'm a i'm a virtuoso over here <laughs> come to me for your simple composition needs <laughs> um garage band only uh so christian and i to college together we've been friends for a long time and he is a fellow actor creator in the los angeles area and christian i'll let you introduce yourself further yeah um that's that's it i'm an actor creator who lives in los angeles and and seeks to work and create work for myself and you know just act i've been in uh now a few lifetime movies and a fun little youtube series called prom night and that is the breadth of my work in LA and then in Washington I was in a lot of plays so that is me Christian CV nice nice and so that touches on a great a great thing we're all here in this community we're artists we're creators we're all trying to learn from each other trying to encourage each other and uplift one another um and you are especially great at encouraging and motivating people to like get their own work on their feet and oh, get well, get creating, you. get going with projects. Uh, yes, that is something I know that you have encouraged me personally to, mm. um, you know, be writing and, and always doing these things to kind of take my career into my own hands. You know, we don't, yeah. as artists, we don't have to sit around and wait for someone else to tell us that we, we can do something. We can just go and do it. We can just create something that wasn't there before. And that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. so what is, what kind of approach do you take to creating your own work and like, what makes you most enthusiastic about, um, producing your own projects? Cause I yeah. know that you've done a couple of those now at this point. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's interesting cause you say like, yeah, you, you take work and create it and put it in your own hands. And it, it really does feel to me like I am taking my career into my own hands because we are in an industry where as actors, a lot of times we feel like we have to be told you can create by a casting director and a director and a producer and an executive producer that says we want you on this project. Now you can create. And I think I got stuck for about two years feeling like that was where I was at in life. It was like, I'm I'm just waiting and waiting uh, until somebody says, here's a role, now you can do what you love to do, Uh, which was really hard for me for a while. And so I started to take it into my own hands with short films that I have produced because why wait for someone to say, you can do this when you can go out and do it on your own. And some of these shorts have had high budgets and some of them had had no budget at all, but it's just this ability that you can go out and create if you feel led to and if you want to, which I know all of us do. Yeah. Awesome. So I don't know very much about um, approaching work from a, a 
producing a production standpoint. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about like, what does that even mean being a producer? Mm. And like, cause I know that I just know that you're really involved with that. Yep. And to me, it's like a totally alien concept where I'm like, what the, does uh, that, is it the money man? Like what, what is, what, if I asked you to describe the day in the life of a producer of you as a producer specifically, what, what is that like? Right. I'm probably going to take a swing at defining a producer and just miss just a little bit. It's good. Swing and miss. I'll it explain happens. like my way of producing. So producers are broken up into categories. The main two are an executive product producer. That is the money man. That's the man who invests in the project, puts all the money into it and says, here's this much, go and make it. The producer is the person who produces all the materials to create. They put the team together, they help with the casting, they help find the location, they help get the, get the right gear and lights and everything like that. So a producer is someone who sets everything up. Okay, okay. Is a producer kind of like, I don't know, maybe like the film equivalent of like a stage manager, like are, as a producer, like a director's kind of like right hand. Essentially, yeah. Except so it would be the stage manager in the rehearsal process. And then the producer kind of lets it go and lets it be performed. So uh, Gabby and I were just in a short film called Muse that was mm -hmm. produced by me, directed by a good friend of mine, Kate Davis. And in producing that, I, I found Kate, who's the director writer, and she had this beautiful script that I was like, great, we need to put this up. And then I found Daniel, our uh, director of photography. And then I found Colton, who came in and was our gaffer. And then Kate found a few people to be, because she produced as well, me and her kind of co-produced. So she found the team of women that were PAs and grips and lighting people. And they basically did everything they could do they were incredible um yeah. and then you know i i found oh we can transform my living room into uh this artist's studio apartment so produced that and so basically in that production process it was kate and i finding our team finding our talent in gabby in uh jaslyn and in carlos and then finding the space, making sure we had the camera, making sure we had the lights, everything like that. And then once it came time to film, I was able to kind of take off the hat of producer, put on the hat of actor and do my work while everybody else did theirs. Amazing. Yeah, that was an incredible experience to be a part of. Um, I never, that was my first really on camera experience. I my first, know. <laughs> my first short film. I know, you know, we've have an audience mm -hmm. here with us. We've got to <laughs> fill in yeah. um, and you should look up Kate Davis. She's a wonderful director. Um, and she has a lot of really cool stuff that she works on herself. Yeah, she, she it seems okay. like she is like always writing and creating and, um, has something up her sleeves, which is really inspiring. Um, and it's really, it inspired me the way that you guys approach this project in that, like, I know that sometimes as artists, we can get kind of caught up in, in what we don't have. Mm -hmm. Um, for example, like 
I don't know, maybe we'd go, oh no, none of us have a studio apartment. How are we supposed to, how are we supposed to find that set? How do we have access to something? And so they, um, Kate and Christian, and I'm sure that there were more crew involved who helped totally transform Christian's apartment into a studio apartment. And they put up this like huge, um, was it like a muslin fabric yeah, like that you drape canvas fabric draped yeah. like draped off an entire section of his apartment and made it like they essentially built a fourth wall that was closed in the space to make it look like this tiny claustrophobic apartment building that this um this painter is in and that was so cool to like come in the space and I've been in the you know the apartment before in all its glory as as you know Christian normally lives in it and then going into it and seeing it totally transformed I was like oh this is insane where did all the furniture go and they're like oh it's in the parking spot <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's just that really it got peed on outside <laughs> a little a little kitten found it Rats. oh no okay and cat pee like smells like maple oh, syrup after awful. a long time no, <laughs> maple syrup smells good cat pee smells awful cat pee does smell awful and i think that it smells a little bit like maple syrup <laughs> if you okay. don't find it and clean it i maybe i'm like just losing my mind here if but you think it smells like maple syrup it smells like maple maple syrup <laughs> Yeah, no gaslighting here. I say no, it smells like syrup. <laughs> I, we all have our own thoughts and opinions. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's, I think it's important this, this little point you touched upon, which was as creators, we often feel, or we, we pay attention to what we do not have, and I think that's what got me stuck for the whole first two years I was out in LA wanting to act and wanting to create and wanting to do things is I kept going back to, well, I don't have this. I don't have this. I don't have this. And I always wanted to, I always had this drive like Aaron, who's been here, who everybody should know. Um, mm -hmm. Aaron, wrote, Aaron McVeigh, Aaron McVeigh wrote scripts for me to produce. And I wanted to produce them but every time I got around to wanting to produce them, I'd be like, oh, this is going to cost $30,000 and I don't have the money to get the lights and this. My God. And this and this. And I, and, but that's what I tell myself because I've, I've worked on these short film sets where they, they spend $200,000 creating the atmosphere of this. And I, I never felt like I had that. And so I kept saying, oh, no, I'll do it when I have money. I'll do it when I have money. And then... Um, my friend Jaslyn, who was in Muse with us, she came over one day to help me read for a self-tape. And she was like, you have to do something. Just do something. And I was like, well, I have nothing to do and no money to do it. And she was like, who cares? I'm going to talk to my roommate. I'm going to have her write a piece that uses an iPhone as a camera. And then we are going to do it. And I yeah. was like, okay. And then like two days later, she sent me a script that was supposed to be filmed on an iPhone and it was it kind of read like a video diary and so we rented an apartment for a hundred dollars for about four hours and filmed a whole short film and it, the short film turned out to be 
four and a half minutes. It was a really touching story that her roommate, her name is Sparks, on social media wrote and incredibly touching. And it went off to be in the Cannes Short Film Festival. And I... so uh, just like and it's it's not to brag on myself. It's more to say what a testament to a friend approaching me and saying, let's just do it. Who cares Absolutely. about the money? We have an iPhone. We have people who can edit well, people who, you know, me and you, we know what we're doing. And so when we were in the space, we spent forever trying to figure out how to light every shot uh, and then just had fun with it and created a short that got a little, a little bit of eyes on it, which was just really cool and a huge testament to it doesn't matter if you don't have it. Go out and do it because you can. Yeah. Yeah. And Jaslyn is another great example of someone who is like constantly creating her own work. Um, Just for our audience listening, she has another short film that she wrote and directed and starred in and like entirely produced that is in another film festival. Um, So, yeah, we can we all can do it. Um, It's something that I've talked about bit you've heard me say um this idea of having this scarcity mindset and this Mm. is just a great example of like breaking that where it's like sure i might be lacking in these resources that maybe like they have on the set of euphoria um (laughs) but that doesn't mean that i cannot produce and create quality work with what i do have and i think it's important that we constantly ask ourselves and lean into that well what do i have and how can i lean into that to create this project like you said okay we have an iphone so how do we lean in and make the thing a thing um that's a really great uh, practice to have. And I do think it takes practice to get to that place. Um, like you're saying, you felt kind of stuck for like the first two years. And yeah. I'm sure it took a really conscious effort on your part to get into this mindset of like, I can make my own work, damn it. Yep. And I will. Yep. And I'm going to. I'm gonna. Uh, what's what's crazy too is just another note on this topic is I went to a I went to a film festival uh about two months ago um it was out of my school the the Playhouse West Film Festival and I saw a lot of really great films but what was interesting in watching these films that were created by students is you know I saw one that probably the budget behind it was 1.5 thousand dollars Um, Most of it was shot in just a two shot of the two actors talking to each other, which if you don't know what a two shot is, it means both characters are in frame at the Mm -hmm. same time. So it's a very easy shot to get both actors working on, but most of it was shot in a two shot. They had close ups every here and there, but the story was just so gripping. It was one of my favorite pieces in the film festival with probably one of the lowest budgets out of anything. And then I watched some that probably had $50,000 budgets, but the story was just kind of lacking that I couldn't fully connect to it. So for me, creation has always been about if you have a story, find the means to tell that story. You don't have to find these great means like on the set of Euphoria, but if you have even the smallest of means, tell that story and get that out there because if it connects to you, it will connect to somebody else. Absolutely. 
Yes. Yeah. Working from that place of, of connection to your own like personal mm-hmm. spark is, is that's how we let other people in. Um, and that's really vulnerable to do. We, I have talked about this before as well, but it's it can be vulnerable and really scary to show people like, ah, this is me. This is my piece. I made it and I feel really, really connected to it. And we can't control, we can't control anyone's response. But most likely, if we're creating from that place, it's going to be accessible and it's going to create a piece that other people will be able to find their way in. Um, (laughs) But damn, that's scary. Yeah. I mean, even even Muse, which is currently being edited, I, I text our editor, Daniel, and our director, Kate, all the time. And I'm like, hey, um... How's it looking? <laughs> How are we doing there? Because I put so much of me into the project that now I'm sitting and waiting and I can't see it. And I'm like, is it good? <laughs> oh, I bet it's good. I do I too. Believe, but... I believe in us and believe in the team. Oh, I do as well. But there's, but there's that. It's, it's just a little bit of scary putting, little scary putting so much of yourself into something and then you know, there's the nerves that come before sharing it with the, with the public and seeing, do they connect to it in the same way that I connect to it? Totally. Yeah. This brings, you were talking about, um, I mean, we're talking about it being scary and I feel like a really scary part for me about sharing work. And I just went through this. I just shared a piece that I wrote and created with Christian and mm-hmm. with, with Kate and I was sweating bullets and I've known Christian for years and I was like sweating like oh my god I have to email this link to (laughs) to have my piece read oh no and that you know that was terrifying and how do you approach outreach because I think that outreach for me, I'm like, I can create a piece, but oh no, now I have to reach out to people. And I am really proud of myself for doing that and like getting yeah. over the the fear and just like biting the bullet and, and doing it. Um, but do you have any advice for that? For like, oh God, okay, now it's time for me to ask someone to give me money to create a piece or it's time oh, to ask and share this with a director who might, like, who I really want to be involved outreach 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 networking it's all really important if you are pursuing a career as an artist it's important even if you're not pursuing a career you know just getting confident with sharing your work regardless of of your end goal with the piece that is something that i think all of us artists to like get our like get our footing in and like get confident with yeah it's uh networking and asking and everything like that is is a very difficult thing to do and so it's i'm i still struggle with it and it still scares me i've yet to ask someone for money to produce something i've been very blessed to be able to use my own money to produce everything that i've done uh but i've yet to ask that but as far as you know asking um do you want to look at this piece? Do you want to direct this piece? I I really want to work with you as a director. Can we do something together? Something like that. It's I always think of networking as a very human thing. And a lot of people disagree with me on that to some extent. But I 
I don't like to immediately go into what do you do and how can I be a part of it? I like to, I like to just befriend the person and talk to the person. And, you know, I, I think then when you go to ask something, it doesn't come out of a place of you have something that I need, give it to me. It comes out of like, oh, you do that too. Well, I do this. Maybe we could work together at some point. And it, it becomes a very like friendly thing versus uh, give me what I want type thing but yeah oh that's great that's a great thing to keep in mind Rebecca at one time was talking to me and I was sharing like I'm so scared of networking like how are you supposed to do it in an authentic way and she's like early networking is just forming authentic relationships with people you just meet people and it's not like exactly what you're saying you're not going in with like a what can I gain from you mindset you're going in with like a I am just here to meet people and form genuine relationships. Exactly. Um, Camilla, my my girlfriend, maybe maybe three weeks ago, and and this is a slightly different um, area of work. She's a model, uh, and she she's been on set a few times with a certain photographer, and has formed that friendly relationship with the photographer. The photographer had to shoot for a client and said, hey, Camilla, I work with you a lot. Why don't you come and shoot this with me? And then got her into her next job, which she went and shot a few weeks ago. And so when you form connections with people, whether it's on set, whether it's at, you know, meet and greets or anything like that, they hold on to the idea of you and bring you in later. And you, I like to walk around with the idea that everyone can be a connection. My acting teacher was talking the other day about how she got in a limo to go to a premiere a few years ago and had a great conversation with the limo driver the whole way there. And then two weeks ago, she went to a producer session for a casting. And one of the producers sat there and was like, do you remember me? Do you know who I am? And she was like, it was the oh. limo driver. It was. And wow. she, she was like, I really don't know. And she was like, I drove you in a limo three years ago. And now I'm here producing my own show. And I would love for you to be a part of it if you fit. So let's read. It was like, Wild. wow. But it's really when you form connections with people, they want to work with you. Yeah. Um, Another, and I think that's the idea of networking. You form this thing of, it's not you need to work with them or you want to work with them. It's that they want to work with you. And something that uh, was said to me a little bit ago that really stuck with me was that it's a, it's a transactional thing when you work with someone and someone works with you. For Muse... We brought you on, Gabby, to be a part of it because you're a phenomenal actress. And oh, so thank you. It, it wasn't like a, it wasn't you sitting and being like, oh, I wish Christian asked me to be a part of one of his projects. It was like, no, me, I want you to be a part of one of my projects because you're talented. And I think bringing that energy into meeting with producers and studio heads and directors is like, yes, I do want something from you. But I can also give you something, and that's my ability. And that's re- and that really speaks to just wearing, wearing a, a nice hat on your head that says, I am good, and I can do it. And trusting that you have put in the work, 
to be at a spot where if you met Damien Chazelle, one of my favorite directors, you could honestly say, hey, if I fit a part, you should have me on set because I'm good at what I do and you're good at what I do. And we could have a really good relationship working together. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, that's such a great thing to bring up that, that confidence. There's like a, there's, it's sometimes we shy away from being confident or from being, at least in my experience in the past, I know that I really struggled like personally with like, oh, I'm going to seem like arrogant or cocky and that's Mm. the last thing that I want to be. And that is, I don't think who I am as a human and that, right there what i just said is like oh yeah i'm not that as a human no. so i'm not going to be that in in a creative space like exactly me showing up and being like this is my passion and i've put a lot of work into this and i'm still putting work in and growing yeah. every day it's not like a cocky thing to say it's not no, cocky it's really to believe in yourself and to be like no i know exactly what i can bring to the table and i yep. still like i don't lose sight of the fact that I am always learning and growing. We as people are always learning and growing. We get to show up fully as we are on that day. Thinking about like in our acting classes, because Christian and I were in the same acting program together in college. Um, Surprise, surprise, another guest from college. (laughs) I am a collective college reunion. Um, We had a professor and this always really stuck with me. Um, He would say like, yourself no matter what is going on say ah i can work from here that was like that became such a huge motto for me like dealing with you know if i was sad or angry or tired or anything i was feeling i was like i can fully embrace that i'm feeling like that i can work from here i can you know i get to show up as an imperfect person every day i love evan yeah he is, but, yeah, he's, sorry, what? Nothing. I was letting you go. I, 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 yeah, I, I just want to riff one more time on it. it is hard to find the balance between humility and being cocky. But I, I think so many people fear cockiness. In my mind, cockiness comes from, I've done none of the work. I'm just going to tell you I'm good. Confidence is, I put 10 years into doing what I love. I'm good at what I do because of the work I put into it and will continue to put into it. And it, it almost comes from a place of humility to be like, I, I didn't get here because I just have talent. I got here because I spent years training and developing the talent that I had to get to a point where I'm trained and ready. And you bring yeah. that confidence with you anywhere and suddenly people want to work with you because they know, oh, they do put in the work and will continue to put in the work. Absolutely. And it's all about like the energy that you show up in and that you bring. And it's yeah. not like a mask or something that you put on. It's just like you're saying, like it's, it's, it is from a place of humility. It's from a place of like connection to the work, to the craft, to yourself, and also not showing up thinking that you're better than anybody. Yes. Regardless of your training, like you can acknowledge, like I have like someone might be like, I have 12 years of training and this person only has one year of training and we're both people who are in this room together. Um, yeah. And I think I that's have, really important. 
I'm I'm back training again, taking acting classes, and I I had you know four years of experience at Western Washington University, and then I look at some of the people in my acting class who have had four months of training, and they're incredible to watch, just, mm. like just incredible and so open to their emotions, and it's like, you know, they're hard workers. They get their off of doing that work and it's like I'm not better than them because well, I took four years of training it's like no they put in work they're hard workers as well we are all creating in our own atmosphere and as our own people and I think that's something that's really important in a creative space is bringing you to it which yeah I, I feel like so many people miss in trying to get things right and trying to do things perfectly that we are all unique human beings with unique stories and upbringings and experiences yeah. and point of views and everything that really bringing yourself is a gift because you're so unique in who you are. And if you really own that uniqueness about you, then you really start to shine. Yes. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's that thing about like those people who have like, quote unquote, the it factor yeah they just like, know who they it, are yeah in my opinion the it factor is just all about you stepping into your own energy yep. and just fully owning it like yep i'm here this is i'm gabby this is me because <laughs> you know i've got the it factor of course <laughs> hell yeah you do <laughs> but i do think it stems from that it's like you're when you're around somebody who is like approaching their work or not even their work but let's broaden that up like approaching life just like with mm. this zest and with this love and this connection to themselves you see that or speaking for myself at least i see that and i'm like how can i get more of that in my life and then you want to be around that person because they're magnetic because it's like oh my god that person know themselves like there's something about them and like they they've got the secret and how do i get in with how do i how can that brush off on me how can i learn a little bit more i used to think this all the time in acting class like when i was watching we had a colleague and friend in school and her name is megan win she is a phenomenal actor and i used to watch her in class and i was like how and I like infuse my work with Megan, like, of course, in a Gabby way, but I was like, yeah. Megan, there's something Megan is doing and I can't put it into words, but I want to learn how to show up in my work like, like she's doing. And of course there was no, I couldn't like imitate her to get yeah. that. I had to find that for myself, like my version of that. And it yeah. definitely just comes from like, when she it, always it, showed up and knew exactly who she was. Yeah. Even in a character, it was still like, it was the character through Megan. And it, she was so herself that any, any dialogue, any, anything she got, she was able to put it into herself and really live it out as her, as character. That's so, so yeah. fun. I love her. Yeah. She is very good. But that's like, yeah, it's, 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 it's an example of like being around someone who has that that figured out and we all go through like totally different journeys to find that no two people are going to have all the same experiences like christian said we're all you we're all super unique and we mm -hmm. all are coming from coming from different places and 
Also, I want to emphasize that like if you don't feel like you're at a place where you do know yourself, that's okay too. Yeah. It's a lifelong journey. And like I said, you always get to show up as you are in this space, regardless of like where on this journey you're at. Like finding ourselves is a lifelong thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, don't get discouraged. Like hearing us talk about like the it factor. Like you've got the it factor in you too. Um, Just got to like unlock it that's fun it's not it's not like a scarcity thing like oh no if i don't have this then i'm bad or i can't create it's just another thing that you get to explore and you get to discover just like you know finding your creative voice your brand of creativity you find those things through discovery you don't sit and think about it you have to put that into action and actively like be curious how many thoughts about that Ooh. I, I mean, I was just listening and, and being being moved by all of that. But yeah, it's 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 really just finding yourself and enjoying the journey of finding yourself, because in doing so, you 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 explore every crevice and you find so many different things that you can add to your work or, you know, create their own stories out of and everything like that. It's it's enjoy the beauty that makes you unique and enjoy the beauty of you. And if you haven't found it yet, great. You get to find it. And that should be a, a very fun thing in itself. It gives me chills. It gives me chills thinking about it. Like all I like just watching people come into their own. It's beautiful. And like you said earlier, like being unique and offering like yourself to a project and being like truly like a generous creator like that Mm -hmm. it's such a gift it's such a gift to your collaborators to yourself to your audience everybody benefits when we are able to show up as as we are Um, and it also gives other people permission to do the same yeah it it's inspiring and it to bring it back to megan you know it gave gave us permission we're like shit i don't know how to do what she's doing but like i know it's possible so it's like i don't really know what else to say about it it just Mm. it just is and it's great and it's like how do you you have a bit more experience than i do with this because i moved here more recently um, so Christian has like, obviously, not obviously, but Christian has done many, 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 many self-tape auditions. Um, and I have like helped him read and I've reviewed his tapes and given feedback and, and he's done the same for me. Um, but how do you, obviously as artists, there's this big question of like rejection. And yeah. it's something that is inevitable really if you are trying to pursue art professionally you are going to be rejected from time to time and and that's okay but it's totally like a process of learning that that's okay and of not letting it like like permanently like dent you you know it's like it kind of you have to learn how to let it let rejection kind of roll off the back and like stay 
connected to your passion while navigating like the industry because it can it can be really really hard at times and it can leave you with self-doubt and with questioning and so how do you how do you navigate those things yeah rejection as well as finding yourself is a is a journey that you, <laughs> you get to slash have to go on <laughs> in the artistic journey um and it it was it was very rough and i'm still kind of at the precipice of finding how i deal <laughs> with uh rejection because it's it's very hard and for for those of you listening who are involved in some kind of theater there's uh, a kindness to it and that they tell you whether you've made it or not maybe you're in a callback and they say okay these people are going to go home and then you maybe are sent home in there. And that is a difficult rejection to deal with. But I feel even more difficult is when you send in so many self-tapes, those casting directors don't have time to send individual, I'm sorry you didn't get the part emails to everybody who auditioned. And so you hear nothing. Yeah. I was just talking to a friend about this the other day of it's like you really have to get into this mindset of send it out and then completely forget about it. But sometimes for me, I'll send it out and then my agent will be like, oh, Christian, great job. And my manager will be like, this is the one. If you don't get a call back, I don't know what I'm doing in talent management. And then a week will go by and I'll be like, oh, still oh, no. And then two weeks will go by and I'll be like, okay, Camilla, come and hold me. I'm sad. I didn't get it. <laughs> but, come hold me. Oh, it's so, it's so difficult. But I, for me, we have such a quick tendency to blame ourselves in everything. Uh, in class yesterday, we were talking about callbacks. Sometimes a director, a casting director will say, well, that was good. Let's try it this way. And our immediate instinct was to say, ah, shit, I did it wrong. Sorry. Um, but our immediate instinct is, I did it, it wrong. It looks like you hit someone. So oh, like, no. You're like, sorry. I used, I used poor language. Um, oh, no. This is marked explicit on all uh, of the dis- yeah. Fuck, fuck, shit, damn, fuck. Fuck it all. <laughs> um, but our immediate instinct is to say, ah, I messed it up. It's all my fault. Um, and it immediately puts this pressure on ourselves. And so when you don't hear an email back in one week or two weeks, we immediately skip to, oh, it's my fault. I didn't get it. I should have done better. I should have made another choice. I should have done this. But really, you have to listen to people because everybody in the industry will say there are so many factors that go yeah. into casting. It could be the color of your hair, it could be the color of your eyes, it could be your height, it could be um, one person just took it a different way, or they like the energy that one person brought into it more, or something. There's a host of reasons that could be behind you not getting the part. There was one part, I was like, oh, I killed this audition, um, and I felt so good about it, and then three years later, I come to find they didn't even do the movie. It just mm. it got shut down before they even cast it. And wow. so it's like, oh, well, I would have never got that. Or um, there was another role I auditioned for where the casting director emailed me and said, we're choosing between you and one other person. And 
I never heard an email back, so I skipped to, oh, I'm blaming myself. Come to learn, they completely rewrote the role for the other uh, actor who auditioned for it as now he is no longer the white brother of the family. Now he's the black adopted brother. So it's, I would have never got that role anyways. But I sat wow. and I blamed myself for a month in not getting that role. So it's it's another, you know, exercise in knowing yourself so much that you can bring you to every audition you do. And if they if they say no, it's nothing personal against you because you did everything you could. You did your best work, but the part just didn't fit you. And eventually there will be parts that fit you. Yeah. Oh, totally. So, this yeah. like expands too. This is even more broad than just just for actors. We're talking about it through that through that lens because that's mm. you know our our experience with it. But same thing applies for like if you're submitting any kind of art. If you're if you're writing and like turning in submissions, or if you're creating some kind of visual art and are submitting for things, um, it's still true. There's nothing wrong with your work if it's not selected. There's just a lot of work and sometimes, you know, this happens all the time where they'll uh, they'll have one piece selected and then they're building everything else around that one piece. Or they'll have one actor selected and they're going to build their cast around that actor. Um, that, that happens all the time and it's, it's not because you aren't good enough or your work isn't good enough. It's just, again, there's so many factors. And so I think almost like, for me, it's been really helpful to shift perspective and really not think at all about <laughs> this is easier said than done, of course. <laughs> it's it's I've gotten in the habit now of I don't really get down on myself when I don't get something. And yeah. instead I choose to look at it like that project just wasn't the one I was meant for. And right. it's going to make it like the projects that I do get feel so much better because I know I'm like, oh, I know that I got this because I was the I was the one for it. And those other projects, it's nothing against me. I just wasn't the one for that one. And right. it's it's great. And it all goes back to that idea of that scarcity mindset where there are just millions of projects being created all the time. And and that's great. You can't get every single can't always get the yes you can't get the yes every single time and if you get the yes every single time it means nothing so it's like when you get those no's celebrate you know it's like you still put your work out there and there's someone else who is getting a great opportunity and someone else getting an opportunity does not take away from us getting opportunities and that i think the beauty of putting your best work out there and work that is very true to you all the time is people start to take note of you and who you are and what you're capable mm-hmm. of and what you do. The The last project I worked on, I auditioned for a role three weeks ago, had a phenomenal callback for it where the director immediately said, you are, you have such an ease about you and you, you have such a nice smile, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't get the role. And then two weeks later, the director called and said, hey, we have a role that just came into the show that's really good for you. And it's really sweet and really kind and compassionate. And we think you'd bring a lot to this role. 
And they literally picked me because of who I am to come and do the role because I auditioned and did the callback through who I am. And so it's a testament to bring yourself and people will take notes, bring your best work, people will take notes because then they'll see the spark in you and they'll want to find the role or the piece or whatever it is that that fits you and your strengths and who you are. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, exciting. Exciting I know. stuff. And it feels so, good. Mm-hmm. It feels good to show up and be able to be like, this couldn't be anybody else. Yep. No, and maybe, who knows, maybe it could be, but you're the one who got it. You're the one mm-hmm. whose piece was accepted. And it's like, again, it doesn't make you better than anybody, but it does feel good to be like, I know that this is where I'm supposed to be. And I couldn't have been here if I'd gotten a different opportunity. Very true. This not getting that opportunity made it so that I was able to show up fully 100% for this one that really is meant for me. Right. Another, another little gem that stuck with me through one of our professors at college. And it's funny because this was at a callback where said director was turning people to the door and saying, you weren't, you are not going to be in this piece. But he gave a speech before he started letting people go. And he said, look, this is my production of this piece in 2020 with these people working as my stage managers and, uh, you know, producers in, in essence. And so this is what I'm working with. And so you and he, he said you could all play the roles that you auditioned for and did callbacks for but for my specific production um you just don't fit and so i bring that energy into everything i get rejected from is yeah i could play that role but maybe the executive producer didn't see it maybe the producer didn't see it maybe the writer didn't see it maybe the director didn't see it but maybe the casting director did. And so they have me in mind for future projects and so on and so forth. Was this, was this the here callbacks? Yeah. Yep. There's, there's a play uh, titled here by artist Taylor Mack. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get a chance to check it out, you should check it out. It's a really cool, it. it's a really cool play. I remember that I was at those callbacks too. Yeah. And that was, I loved those callbacks me too Um, it was such a just for anyone i guess i'll say it just in case folks don't know but a callback is after your initial audition they'll call you back to see you read more or read sides from the script or dance sing a song depends on the material um and lots of directors do them do them differently and this one specifically was different because um he had everyone reading for the character in the room at the same time so he wouldn't pull just one of like the moms and just one of the sons all of the moms and sons would be in the room together watching each other's work i feel like that kind of thing is so valuable because like it it makes it so that you have to appreciate and see what everyone is doing and we don't get that opportunity a lot and Mm -hmm. i actually think that like that kind of environment really helped us to like 
I don't feel like those auditions felt stressful and competitive, even though we were all in the same room, it made it feel like a team. It was like, oh, all of us are a team and we're all here uplifting and supporting each other, even though we're all going out for the same role. But the energy in the space, because of how he set it up, like you were saying, like he's like, all of you are here because you could play these roles. So now I just have to put this puzzle together. Yeah. Um. It comes down to like, at the end of the day, the work is greater than any one person. Mm. This it's a project and we want to serve the project. Um, just because, you know, you're the lead actor doesn't mean that the project is about you. You are serving this greater vision that, mm. that you know, it's outside of ourselves. It's more than just, um, you know, they say there are no small parts, only small actors. Um, and it's that kind of thing, you know, it's, this project is huge. It's not just about one creative. It's about the community serving this greater, greater thing. Right. I mean, acting in general is a game of tennis. I throw something at you and you have to come back with something to throw at me. And so it's, it's collaborative even between two people acting. Of It's not me trying to steal the spotlight and be the biggest one. No, it's yeah. about you. Sending something to you that you can catch. And then we're working as a team to put on this scene. And no one person is like, this is about them. It's about each other and the energy that you have between each other. Yeah, yeah. Totally all about like listening and connecting and being being present. Um, mm. That's like the biggest thing is being present being present from moment to moment um whoa (laughs) i just just tried to lean on my chair and my arm slipped off the armrest oh my god i saw my life flash before my eyes i was gonna fall out of her chair (laughs) one podcast mark my words (laughs) yeah sure it'll happen i'll cry too um (laughs) that's bound to happen eventually oh i've already cried in the first two episodes oh gorgeous so yeah i'm a crier whatever Hey, own it. I can't cry on command, though. If someone were like, Gabby, cry right now, I'd be like, uh, teach me how to do that, because I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, nah, then they're uh, just crocodile tears. Yeah, <laughs> crocodile tears. <laughs> I was watching a TikTok, and someone was talking about like, chopping an onion before you go to like do a cry scene they're like chop an onion and have a little handful of onions in your left hand or in your pocket then turn away and pull it up and like give it a big whiff and then turn back and you'll look like you're crying and i was like that seems like a lot to go through to get fake tears like (laughs) (laughs) exactly can you imagine you're just like they're like, oh, can you grab this prop? And you're like, uh, no. And they're like, why? Um, and you're like, well, because I've got a handful of onion. <laughs> <laughs> that hand what? is occupied. Oh, Lord. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> that's funny. Yes. I'm, stuck on, I'm stuck on that. Um, But what are... I'm curious about like there are so many things that we we have to kind of prepare ourselves for as artists mm-hmm. and a big thing in this community is that I am really passionate about 
and it is part of like a staple of the I am me collective is is change and like being mm. the change that we want to see in our creative world or in our creative industry and it all starts in, in communities um you know just me or just you isn't going to be able to be able to change every single thing that we'd like to change as just one person um that you know showing up in the best way that you can with your community there can be a lot of change that comes from that and so i'm really curious about like what are some changes that you would like to see in the industry because of course it's a system that needs work yeah well i mean there are many um uh in terms of just creativity and everything but i I think the the main one for me, and it's something that I actively try to work towards in the things that I produce and do myself, is giving a voice to new people out here who are not connected and are are starting but have all of this talent that they bring to the table and giving a voice to the talent that maybe isn't able to to run out and create um, something with a lot of money or or anything like that and and just giving a voice to creators who want to do something but feel stuck and that's something that I strive to do in everything I produce is give people their their chance to show this is who I am and on muse like you talked about we brought in you who it was your first time doing a film project. We bought, brought in uh, Daniel Hernandez, who that was his first time being the de director of photography on any movie, but he's always wanted to make movies. And then uh, and all, of the, all of the women working as PAs and grips and all of those jobs, that was their first time working on a film and they really wanted to work on something. And so this was, the opportunity to them and so i would love to see a change in you know just more opportunities for people who want to work and and sometimes it really is you need to create those opportunities for yourself and foster a community where people can create and bring in people who want to create and i think a lot of that is is in the way we talk about it um mm -hmm. even even this podcast and the idea behind the IME Collective of bringing change and bringing people to, if you have something you want to tell, tell it and do it. And the more we, we create that atmosphere, the more people start creating and the more you have opportunities everywhere because everybody is working and they're not stuck waiting for... Um, waiting for Betty Mae casting to give them a call and say, hey, you're in. They're just doing it themselves. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, everybody who's an artist, I'm sure. And, and, and as like we're talking about, you know, just talking about rejection and dealing with that um, can be sometimes really, really inaccessible to to make and and produce art there is a lot that goes into it and it's like yes i think that the more we get in the habit of 
like we talked about earlier, leaning into what we do have instead of what we don't have. That's like a great way to to spark those changes and to make it more accessible so that someone doesn't necessarily feel like, oh, I can't I can't make something with just my iPhone. Like, you know, we're in this day and in this day and age. Like an old mm. person right now. But um <laughs> we have we do truly have so many examples of like people who are creating on their iPhones, who are using what they have. Um and again, like it, that gives other people permission to try instead of immediately saying like, oh, I can't do it because I have this or because it's inaccessible. It's like, yes, and <laughs> to get all improv here, it's like, yes, we need to work on the on accessibility in, in art so that mm. artists can have their voices. And of course, it's even more difficult. Christian and I are both you know, white artists and so we even have a leg up when it comes to accessibility of projects. And that is something that really I want to see change in the industry create like creatively. There are lots of voices who are not being heard. Um, so I totally and, uh, agree that that's like a big thing that I think we need to tackle in our communities yeah. as we move forward. And I, I think I think the reason I I emphasize on new people coming out here and giving new people a voice is that i mean i i'm doing it on a very small scale and i'm trying to perpetuate that change on the scale of i have friends that move out here i want to give them a part of something i have friends that have always wanted to make a movie now i'm giving them an opportunity to make a movie but if we if we carry that even later um we start to bring people up with us or start mm -hmm. to change from the inside. Kirsten Dunst was on an episode of the Actors Roundtable with a bunch of women. And all of these women were talking about, we really want to see more female women um, or female directors. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, we really want to see more female directors taking a helm making it out there, doing their work. And Kirsten Dunst was like, well, here's the thing. That's not going to happen unless we make it happen and we perpetuate that change. And Kirsten Dunst said, look, I've worked with many female directors and then listed them off in this movie, in this movie, in this movie, in this movie, in this movie. But maybe nobody heard about that movie because it was their first film that they had directed. Mm, and mm -hmm. so I jumped in to show them they can do this and hopefully inspire them to continue to do it more. And so I see that on a smaller scale with what I'm doing is I want to bring these actors and directors and people's voices up, let them be heard, put them in a film so that they can then go off and do even more work. You did your first film project. Now that's going to give you real footage to hopefully go out and be cast in even more things. Daniel just did his first job as director of photography, and now he gets to take with him everywhere. I can make a movie, so I'm going to keep on making movies. But those voices never feel heard unless we who have... Um, the the ability to bring them up actually bring them up you know it's, uh, it's funny because uh 
we talk about all the time about men as directors winning the Oscars, but really we go to the same movies and watch the same movies and herald the same movies of the same Steven Spielberg and, uh, you know, Damien Chazelle's newer, but it's, again, we, we kind of show all this praise to these male directors and everything that they're doing. And it's like, if we, if we make it an aim to support the female directors, support uh, the trans actors who are now working in film, if we go and support the work that they're doing and show that we care about that, then we start to see that change happen because then those are the headlines. Those are the people that are being talked about. But it's huge on everyone to make those changes, even if it's starting on just a small scale. Because I hope to take this same energy into, you know, if if God sees it that I'm in a big movie one day, I want to be part of that big movie and say, hey, bring up this voice while we're doing this. Or, okay, well, I'm going to take all the money from this movie and become an executive producer and put all this money into, uh, you know, Kate Davis's big feature film and we're going to promote the hell out of this and make this a run for the Oscars so that we can show um, a female director, big and broad, uh, and just making the small steps up to, to make those changes are very important. Yeah. And I'm I, what I'm hearing you saying too is that that is again like another practice that we have to have. Like yeah. sh- show up every day the way that you want to show up. Like the way that your dream self shows up. Mm. How, yep. Like how, my dream self is going to be going to they are my dream self is generous they are uplifting they are supportive they are not competitive with Mm -hmm. other artists they seek to to do all of these great things and dream you doesn't get that way out of nowhere dream you is like that because of the changes and the decisions that you are making in your life right now right here today Mm -hmm. um yeah, totally. It's like y- you like these changes are happening on a small scale. Everyone starts somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody starts somewhere. And it also goes back to, you know, we need more voices to be heard. We need we need more variety and more diversity in this industry. And we need also to you gave a great example of like we see the same kinds of movies by the same kind of mm-hmm. group of of gentlemen <laughs> time and time yep. again and, and they're good movies yeah they well, are good but also who decides what's good how did we exactly. get to this place where it's that same thing over and over and how do we bust yeah. out of that and create new formulas create the movies are good um, too if not better yeah, <laughs> groundbreaking work <laughs> needs to needs to be shown um mm-hmm. totally that starts that starts in in our communities that we we can make an impact in because again like i have no effect right now on the the academy of like motion picture arts oh, like and sciences How, like okay i could write them and be like make this change and they'll be like who oh. <laughs> won't even read it um but on this podcast you know we can talk about all these things and you know we 
are, this is a growing community of artists who are all capable of making those changes in their day-to-day life and making a commitment to, you know, what we, what we want to see differently, how talked about this a little bit in a different episode about how, you know, emotional abuse and art have been really, really connected for a long time, especially in training and how that's a big change that needs to happen in this industry is like our relationship to that kind of thing and what we are willing to put up with. And also like analyzing why we ever felt the need to, to hurt someone in the first place, to hurt someone and call it good art or like to think that that's what necessary like all these changes are things that that start with us yeah not an easy task but certainly possible with Mm -hmm. practice and persistence exactly i really liked what you lifting each other up i heard this phrase recently and i can't remember who was saying it but they said that like you meet the same people on your way down that you met on your way up and like your life can change like that in the blink of an eye you could be on top and then suddenly something happens and come coming crashing to the bottom and it's like how do you want that to be when you're coming back down if you're coming back down hopefully on your way up you were kind and you were generous and supportive Mm -hmm. all those people um not, of course, just in hopes that they return the favor, but right. because, like, we all want to be good people and we want to make yeah. art with good people. Hmm. Yeah. I never heard that. I like that. Yeah. Well, oh, it's going to, it's bothering me now that I can't remember who said <laughs> it. I feel bad not giving them credit for that great, great piece of, like, um, not advice, but that little, that nugget there. Yeah. A golden nugget. A golden nugget. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what do you? I'm curious about like with all of that in mind. Like, what are you've had a little bit more of like a glimpse into the industry? Mm. Um, and what do you like? What advice would you give to yourself? upon moving here just a couple years ago like what would you tell that christian or what would you tell the christian who is like just starting the acting program at western um about these challenges that he was going to face and about like drive and work it would take um to like to persist so many things um (laughs) but I, i really do think at the core of all of these things it's just be yourself and be true to who you are. You know who you are or you're finding who you are. And just as you discover who you are, be true to that and let that ring true in everything you do. Things I know about me is I am like very compassionate and kind. So I would love that to bleed into my work, bleed into my relationships, bleed into how I bring people up with me. Um, and really everything I do, how I tell stories, how I produce stories, everything. It's, it's the main thing is just being true to yourself. Because I feel like at the point I'm at now, I am very true to myself. And that's why 
more things are working out for me. That's why I, I'm blessed to have my agent is because I met someone who believes in who I am and what I'm capable of. And it's it, it really is whenever we miss an audition, he says, it just didn't fit you. We'll get the next one. And I'm more stressed about the guy who doesn't even, or I'm more stressed than the guy who doesn't even get paid unless I book something. And he's just telling me, ah, relax, it didn't fit you. And so the biggest thing in everything is just being, being true to yourself. And then it's listening to all the advice that everybody around you gives you and really taking it in and letting it, letting it sit with you and, and move in you. Because I've, I've been told so many times to relax. Rejection isn't everything. And still pound my head over rejection but now it's like it's finally hitting me oh i can relax through that because it, it's not personal and then yeah. uh, i have i have so many people giving me advice on you know taking it easy and walking up the steps and here's me trying to skip all the steps and get right to where i need to be and then ending up in a spot where i'm like why can't i do it and it's like <laughs> no now that i'm just walking up the ladder it's like oh, so much easier and, and, yeah. and it's like the benefits I feel I can only speak for myself but I do feel like this is probably true for a lot of people like we can experience such great benefit from just allowing and inviting ourselves to be present in the moment yeah. and like how can I be happy right now mm -hmm. and instead of like tying it up like oh I'll be happy once I've you know, feeling that need to jump and skip all the steps like, oh, well, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be successful. But it's like, no, I can I can be happy and successful right now. Just the fact that I'm being creative, that I'm putting something out here for the world and itself is a success we can yeah. do every day. And like living in that, of course, we can always be ambitious and strive for for more and I certainly like I'm striving and I'm working for like a really abundant wonderful career yeah um, but I'm happy every single day I feel like I'm living my dream because mm. I'm taking those steps and I, like I feel it. present in the moment and I'm like it's just like it's not if but when you know yeah. things are things are gonna blow up something's going to happen mm. and and because I'm able to be present right now. I know that I'll be able to be present and happy once right. that opportunity finds me. Right. Well, and the, and the thing, and while you were talking, I, I thought of this as well. The, another thing to take in is just always congratulate yourself on what you've already done. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we, always, we always are so focused on the end goal that we ignore all the really exciting and fun checkpoints along the way where you get to stop by and take a drink of water and refresh yourself before continuing to run down the path to the end goal. And, you know, we, we always get trapped in, oh, but this hasn't happened yet. I haven't made it yet. When it's like, well, you've made this and this and this and this and this and this and this. It's like you you may not be on euphoria yet, but you got to be an extra on a really cool project. And then you got to play in a musical at a, at a beautiful theater on a beautiful set with some really cool collaborators. And then you got to 
do a short film project with your friend from college and a new director who you've never worked with who's now in talks about producing your next piece and then soon you're going to produce your own piece and then eventually you will make it to that goal but you have so many steps along the way that every day you want to remind yourself of where you're at and all the success that you've had and for me it's like I was on series and I was on a lifetime movie and I was on this and so whenever I get upset about like you know I just got rejected from this role that I got a call back to it's like oh that'll come because I've done this and this and this and this and why am I gonna why am I gonna sit and think about what I didn't get when I can revel in what I did get to do absolutely and what I'm going to do in the future absolutely just being a creator is takes courage. It's brave. We're brave folks. Artists yeah, we are, are. <laughs> artists are insanely brave and we we get to celebrate that. It's brave to be an artist. To say that you're an artist in a world that can be really unkind that in itself is a success to yeah. boldly boldly lay claim to to your title as an artist. Yep. Um and that kind of thing feels really good. And that's a starting point. Finding ways to embrace that in your everyday life will create like so much change in the way that you approach work in the future um, and help you tap into that, that confidence and all of that. And I know that, I know that you've been on pretty, pretty unique journey um, in your time here that, you know, not a lot of people can relate to. You moved down here with, you know, a bit of a following already. Mm -hmm. You moved down here, you know, with, with your family is down here and Christian's family, he has a family of creatives as well. Right. And if you, if you want to speak on that, I'd love to hear about your experience Kind of coming down here and having to having to maybe find your own and figure out like what everything is because moving down here and trying to get into the industry is one thing like it's hard enough to to stay true to yeah. yourself with that alone but then having you know a, a following and having you know some the public eye kind of already on you a little right. bit moving down here that i'm sure adds a whole other layer to have to navigate and like yeah. how i would love to just like hear about your experience like with finding yourself and coming into right. your own in that way well and and that's exactly what it's been the past two years is finding my own because i do come from a creative family and i think the the most uh, known creative is my brother who uh, makes music. He was in a band, Why Don't We, for six years and has since gone solo and released his first record just about a few days ago now, which is very exciting. Congrats. But Congrats I know, to him. Ah, it's amazing. But having having that background in moving down here, it was almost like I moved down here to become an actor, but I was surrounded all the time by music, everything. And so it was my brother producing. And so I started to spend more and more time listening to the music and 
looking at music and listening to more pop music and the music that was involved with him. And then when you have a, a following, they kind of push you towards why they followed you, which was they followed me at the time because I was related to my brother. So it was more of a push into like, okay, well, now I'm going to slightly shift into a music side of things and a familial side of things and doing stuff like that. And then maybe what I did as a creative was kind of pushed away for a bit. And then I became friends with a lot of YouTube creatives and social media creatives um, in Ian and JC who have a big YouTube channel, Will and Dill who have a big YouTube channel. And then because I was surrounded by that atmosphere, shifted into a more social media means of creation. And instead of creating movies and TV-esque things, acting things, I was creating content with all of them. And so then we started to get a, a following based around the content that I created. And I always strive to, to make myself known as an actor within that, but again, wasn't doing anything to, to foster the actor inside of me who wanted to create. And that's where I became frozen and waiting. And so it's, it's now become, you know, my brother has his way of creating and that is music. My friends have their way of creating and that is YouTube and TikTok and social media and everything around that, which is still very much creation and creating and coming up with those ideas. Totally. But still in the realm of creativity. And so now it's shifted into what do I want to do? Who am I? I am an actor creative. I like to uh, hold a mirror to society in the things that I produce and create. And I want people to watch it and be moved by it empathetically or um, ideally, um, ideologically, I guess is the right word for that. And so I've shifted this year into really creating what I want to create, not what, you know, my following wants me to create, um, not what my friends are all creating. And so to, to fit in there creating the same thing but it's no i'm i'm my own person and i'm going to create what i want to create and that way when my brother wins a grammy in you know a year or two's time mm -hmm. i'll be able to celebrate him instead of being jealous of him because i know i'm on my own journey on my own path creating exactly what i want to create and you are creating exactly what you want to create and you had eyes look at you before I have eyes look at me, but the eyes will come and they will see me and they'll see what I have to do and have to bring. Um, but I want to be able to celebrate people and you can celebrate people really once you've found what's unique to you and are creating exactly what you want to create, because then you look at what others are creating and you say, wow, that's so personal to you. And I love every second of it. Yeah. And so it really has been a journey to find who I am, what I want to create, and then letting that was, roll. Yeah. Was there like a specific time in all of that for you? Like all that shifting gears and was there a time where you were like, fuck, I got to figure this out. I have to, like, this doesn't feel right. It's like, was there kind of an impetus for you finally being like, oh, this 
is how I show up and this is how I create? Or was it just kind of like a gradual, like lots of little things happening? I think it was, it was slightly gradual um, in the way that sometimes people would have conversations around me and I'd be like, well, this isn't anything I'm particularly like into. And so I started to really question like, am I, am I doing exactly what I wanted to do? But then when I moved out on my own, that was a big jump to like, okay, now I'm not, I'm not living with my brother anymore. I'm not surrounded by what he's creating and what he's doing. I'm not constantly going over to my friend's houses while my brother works. I have my own space. And in that space, it really helped me like, make the switch of, okay, I'm on my own. I know what I want to do. I'm going to stop saying I'm going to do it eventually. And I'm just going to do it. And so the big, the big two was one, moving into my own space. And two, Jaslyn saying, we're going to do something. Let's go out. Let's do something. And then that first project was like, yes, I can do this. Let's keep doing it. And that is why I keep bringing people on to do their first project and why I love doing that is because the the second you watch someone do something on their own or have a stake to play in someone doing something on their own, you say, I can do it too. And then you go out and do it. And it sounds like, I mean, you're of course here speaking from personal experience and then like, even hearing you talk about it, it sounds like you found a place to create from that is so much more like in alignment with you and your personal goals. Yeah. And like, of course, once you've felt that change in your life, you want everybody to feel it because it feels exactly. good. It, does. it feels, it, it, I mean, it feels better than good. It feels incredible to find your independence and to be able to develop your voice and it's exciting and it's scary but having a space and and this is like a priority that we have to make for ourselves because we're not always going to have the space and not necessarily like physically like you don't have to live alone to be able to create but that is like changing and dedicating space for yourself whether it's emotionally you know, physically, spiritually, whatever it might be, like creating that space is so important because like then you can fill it and discover and explore like something coming from you instead of something that maybe has been like, like it sounds like you're saying like kind of projected onto you by, you know, a following like, like we're our, uh, we're your puppet master. Do exactly as we want or yep. we won't give you likes. Like that sounds like a ton to navigate especially going into an industry and coming from college and just like being young at a time of our lives where it can be hard already to know who we are when you have professors telling you that you need to be all these different things. And when you have like family and followers telling you, you need to be all these different things. It's like, well, who the hell am I? And how do I find it? Yeah. Sounds like, yeah. Creating space for yourself and intentionally like exploring and discovering and leaning on leaning on your community on your friends who do have similar goals mm-hmm. like following that not to put words into your mouth but there's like an intuitive element where you can sense like like you were saying like mm, i don't know that this is really what i'm into yeah. 
yeah. listening to that and trusting that and then taking the leap to create something with Jaslyn when she approached you. Um, all of that, it's like those are really big steps in like creating space for yourself and discovering and exploring like who you are and what your voice is. Um, I'm really happy that you were able to do that. Me too. And I want everybody to be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> everybody do it. Um, thank you for sharing, sharing that. I know that it can be tricky to kind of, talk about and navigate those things because of course like you love family and you love your following and you know i talked about this in my episode with rebecca a little bit you can love someone and have all these feelings uh, like quote unquote i don't know positive i don't really believe that feelings are positive or negative i think they're feelings and they give us information and we shouldn't judge them um and sticking with that it is okay to sometimes feel jealous that doesn't make us a bad person or it doesn't mean that we love someone any less it just means that maybe there's part of us that is like i want to be expressed that person is expressing this thing part of me wants to be expressed that way or maybe not in that exact way but you know what i'm saying like it can really reveal to us something and it's not like a negative thing we're all humans and we're all gonna sometimes jealous and we're all going to sometimes maybe lose our way and do things that maybe aren't authentic to us and aren't in alignment with our goals and just kind of have to do the work to find our way back Mm. it is work it's a practice but it's so worth it and we have to forgive ourselves when we (laughs) have to forgive ourselves and embrace that we're humans like we have to embrace that we're humans and we also have to forgive ourselves for being human (laughs) Because, oh boy, is being human a total shit show. <laughs> mm. Ain't it just. Ain't it. Ain't it. Um, Christian, do you have anything else that you'd like to add? Do you have any questions or comments about the I Am Me Collective or our time here together or just like anything that we've, we've discussed before we kind yeah. of end our time here today? I would like to, I would like to end on... Because I, I, I didn't talk about it, but it's been like, you should say something. Oh, my God, please, please. On, on rejection, I was having a talk with uh, my friend the other day about how he, he just feels so defeated being rejected again and again and again. And I remember I was listening to a book with my girlfriend and I applied it directly to what I do. And it was, you can smash a rock. 1000 times and it will finally break on that 1000th hit it is not the 1000th hit that broke the rock it's the 999 hits before it broke that weakened the rock into Mm. letting it break and Mm -hmm. it's so important to accept that for any kind of artistic journey at all that you can work towards something and maybe it doesn't work out the first 14 times, but if you continue working at it with all that you have, eventually it is going to work out for you. Yeah. That's great advice. What is this book? I wish I knew. I wish <laughs> I knew. It was like it was like four months ago. I listened to the first chapter and that was in it. And I've I've 
never been able to let that go because every time I, I send in an audition and don't hear anything back, it's just like, great, it's another hit to the, to the book or another hit to the rock. Um, it was either Atomic Habits. Uh, oh, I, I'm Ford. listening to that one right now. That is a great book. Or it was Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by, Do, uh, by Joe Dispenza. It was one of those two. Interesting. I have to read Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself because we just had an entire conversation about how we have to be ourselves. Right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so curious about which what's is in which that is book. is mainly it's it's breaking the habit you've fallen into of living every day the same exact way and then expecting results to change. It's it's oh. breaking out of the norm that you've been living in so that you can really start to pursue what you want and what you're dreaming for. Oh my God. I love, okay. I absolutely yep. have to read that because I'm obsessed with that. I've talked about before how you can, you can dream all day, but there's a difference between dreaming and putting your dreams into action. Right. And yeah, a lot of and us sit is. and and daydream without doing the necessary follow through of actually getting up and, and making we, it happen or taking or action. We full-on dream and then we sit and we think about oh but if I actually go do that then this and this and this and this and we're scared to actually make that jump but once totally. you make that jump you open yourself up to a whole new world of discoveries yeah. and it is scary and embrace it it's okay to be scared just because exactly. we're scared doesn't mean we're in danger literally it just means our Generally, lizard brain is like help <laughs> yes free the lizard I I don't know if this is safe or not. It's like lizard brain. It yeah. is safe. <laughs> Generally, if you're making a decision to do something that you feel very led to do and it's scary, you're it's making good. the right decision. It's a good yes. decision. Yeah. Lean in, lean in, lean in. Trust yep. that. Like getting to the new level of your life or this next step, it's going to be scary. Mm -hmm. And The more you do it, the more you're like... I am scared, but I have felt this before. And so I know I'm on the verge of something big. There's mm -hmm. a breakthrough coming. You eventually become familiar with that feeling of like approaching a breakthrough. And oftentimes it's really hard right before it happens. It's yes, it the is. hardest right before it happens. And then you like skyrocket to some new thing. You're like, oh my God, this discovery I've made. I can't go back now. Sorry, I got, I'm all jazzed now. I'm hey, like, <laughs> we love it. We love it, Jazz Gabby. <laughs> Yay. Oh my God. I'm really, really, really glad that you brought that up. Thank you. Mm, absolutely. Thank you for sharing. I, I will, I'll, I'll link both of those book re recommendations in the, in the notes um, for, for our audience. Cause Atomic Habits, I can vouch for that book. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. It, it makes, Honestly, it makes big life changes feel really accessible and easy and manageable. Mm. Maybe not easy, but like when I've listened to that book, because I have the audiobook for it, I'm always like, oh, it's like I, I have the ending. I have the ending picture, but now I have like, I have an image of like the steps to get there. Mm. Um, it's with just, you know, making meaningful change in your life. Um, 
thank you for sharing that. And just Christian, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. It is my absolute pleasure. Yeah, we're, I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for like this really wonderful conversation. Um, Thank you. And you you can find Christian. He's I think Christian CV right on on all yeah. your social media. It's just Christian yeah. CV. Oh, <laughs> so find Christian and stay stay tuned with his projects that he's working on and. Stay you'll tuned see with him. our project. Yeah, I was about time. I was about to say you'll mm-hmm. see him in some of some some things that I'm also working on. Um, so yeah, just thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't thank you enough. And thank you, listeners, for being with us. Love you. I can't wait to hear what you think about this episode. Um, and I will I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.